This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. 220,000 years ago, a man named Ga recounted a story about falling into a pit of tar to his friend Flug. Flug chuckled. Tar. Tar. <laughs> Always been funny. First funny people talking ever. Hi, I'm Steve Strauss. I'm a writer and performer, and I would rather be performing comedy at an empty comedy club, similar to what's going to be happening at March Madness, than listen to funny people talk. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Funny People Talking. I am your host, Mark Rako, and uh, directly to, you're not directly to my right, you're at about two o'clock. My good friend, and what an amazing host, Miss Danielle Beckman. Bonjour. Bonjour, mademoiselle. Also, I wasn't sure if you were going to say fabulous or fantastic. I kept it. Yeah, I know. You kept us Or I could have said fan-freaking-tastic. Yes, there could have been a freaking. <laughs> been I was freaking. just on the edge of my seat. Thank you. Uh, thanks for... I'm Yay. so glad to be here, Mark. I know. I'm so glad you're here, too. I'm back. You're back. And so also back is Elsie, the producer. Hello, Elsie, the producer. Hi. Hi. Is your last name the producer? Yes. It is. It's, it's Greek. Yeah. Uh, you uh, <laughs> love it. By the way, I like your your t shirt, Elsie. That's so cool. It's it's it is a guitar with wings behind it, and the guitar is completely made up. Oh, it looks that? like of concert locations or dates or something. Places in New York. Who? Is, oh, okay. Oh, oh, but who is the the? Looks vocal? a little Leonard Skinner. It says Harlem, Midtown, Bowery, Nolita, Tribeca, Queens. No, so it's Ho, like a Roma, rock and Soho, roll Bronx. New York shirt, Fifth yeah. Avenue, Wall Street, Chelsea. Uh, okay, we got. We got. No, I'm rock and roll like Fifth Avenue. Avenue. She's, she's going to go through all of them. Daniel. Canal Street, Koreatown, Little Italy, Chinatown, East Village, literally every place. Battery in New York. Park, Bryant Park, the entire place, West Village. Uh, she sounds like she's a subway. Tenderloin. These are um, all the places subway you can conductor. visit. Columbus Circle. Greenwich when Village, you come it's to New all York. Of them. and then oh, they cheated though. They put Battery Park twice. I just saw that. Oh, oh wow. see, this is why see? we read shirts. Oh well, um, it this is. This is, why. And it says this Broadway. Is the Steve, this Stop is the talking we, over we me. Read shirts. Broadway, yeah, Madison I Square, feel she's Union under me. Square, Times Square, yeah. Statue of Liberty, Empire State Building. I'm it's reading nice this upside down. You are. should be proud of me. Most of the time, um, the shirts just say New York, Grand Central Station, South Street, Seaport. Herald Square, Rockefeller Center, Manhattan, Staten Island, Brooklyn. Is that it? <laughs> really? Because I wanted more. <laughs> Thank you, Elsie. Yeah, well. So that's your shirt. I did ask. And I read it upside down. So I obviously have a talent. You do. <laughs> Is that on your resume? It's going to go on. Or maybe skills. you just had all those locations memorized. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is all a sham. Right. And you are all just listening with your ear bobs. No. Um, it's a technical term for ear. First of all, welcome to the show. <laughs> What's left of it after reading 
Elsie, sure. So glad you're all here. Uh, In addition to Elsie and Danielle and myself, we also have Steve Strauss. Steve is a writer and a performer, and I got connected to him because – I don't know if that's proper English. I didn't – Got connected to him. I was connected. You got up in his grill. You Um, got connected. By and a shout out to um, Kelly Stickle. Kelly Stickle. Kelly Stickle from Remedista. Right. uh, In New York City, a great organization for female entrepreneurs. And uh, she happened to put a post on LinkedIn uh, giving a shout out to Steve as a a great comedic writer or or a a great business writer with a comedic mind. And I uh, whoop. There was my antenna. I was like, uh, I, I want yeah, to talk to him. That's and cool. uh, and today she is a connector. She is a connector. And uh, Steve uh, uh, happened to have come out, which we'll, we'll talk about, with a really wonderful article today that is called "Comedy Painkiller: Treating Your Life Pain with Humor During Uncertain Times Like These." We need the comedy cure more than ever. Yes. And we all experience pain in our lives, both emotional and physical. Obviously, at a time of the coronavirus, it was uh, quite timely. uh, As people seek and say, can we laugh about this? When can we laugh about it? How will that help us? How will that hurt us? Uh, And and I'm really happy that you you wrote that article and shared it and how timely you were on the show today. Sure, yeah. So uh, in any event, we will will get into what uh, Steve does, how he looks at humor and the writing that he does and – where he employs it, deploys it, and plays it. I don't know. He locks and loads. <laughs> locks it. and I loads. Don't know. I'm just so, uh, words. plus, we're going to uh, we're going to take a visit to Star Wars Land <laughs> with Danielle, and we're going to find out. By the way, we're going to find out why Danielle got arrested. We are. We are. Uh, also, I did an, an improv game. One of our faves, and oh, uh, I don't know which one. I'm excited. Yep, and uh, of course we're gonna uh, find all about Steve and end of show food with Elsie. Elsie, can you give us some sort of hint or preview that would get us excited about the end of show food? Yeah. Um, maybe like one word that encapsulates its excitement. Um, Winnie the Pooh's friend. Okay. That was many words, but okay. That was many words, but yep. it's a hint. Winnie the Pooh's. Yep. Could be Christopher Robin. Could Eeyore. be Picklet. Could be Eeyore. Eeyore Chris. Could be All right, Eeyore stop. Okay. Move on. Could be Honey. Yeah. Okay. Boom, honey. Anyway, um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you, Alice. Uh, that was my. Oh my gosh. The latest Winnie the Pooh. Um, I saw that. Movies have been creepy. Yeah, right. So, the, like, yeah. He, he talks the like live an action. old man, right? Like a he creepy does. old man. He does, Christopher Robin. <laughs> Strange. Robin. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, um, come does. here, little girl. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't think he'd be very endearing to children, but. I know. Oh, all right. So that's all. That is all coming. I know. That is all coming up right after this. But first, yes. I have a question for Danielle, as per usual. Yeah, Mark. Not one, not two, but three frying pans, all steaming to the gills. You walked in with three frying pans right before this show. Yeah, you caught me in the middle of my experiment. That's what I wanted to know. I mean, it's not usual to be walking around with a a steaming frying pan as it is, but to to be walking through. By the way, congrats on handling three at the same time. Thank you so much. Okay, so as you know, I'm getting married in a few months, and like I have to work – 
on this domestic life. Okay. <laughs> so first of all, that's I'm working on my um, frying skills. Number one. But secondly, also, I have a registry and I'm trying out all these pans. Like, what do I really want? Do I want cast iron? Do I want all clad? Am I cool with just like a normal, like straight up um, Teflon situation? So that's why you'll notice the variety here. Yeah. I'm finding the cast iron was not a good decision to bring today. It's super heavy. It is heavy. Are cast you iron. able to help me with that, by the way? When what, I bring it out of here? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay, thanks. Although um, but anyway, Elsie is the brute of us, by the way, so she's probably going to lift more than we She should probably be the one She could bench, bench press me, probably. Anyway, yeah, they all sizzled on their way. I have a hot plate, too. That's why they're still going. Uh-huh. But I... Um, what are you cooking, by the way? Just some filet mignon. Oh. Saving for that wedding, are you? <laughs> on the... Uh, so was your registry all cookware, pretty much? Uh, Yeah. Check oh, it out. Um, Zola.com. If you want to randomly give, you can give. I feel like I'm raising money I, for I have, my short film. I have, I have, I have a, something to... I know something about your registry. Um, I know something about my <laughs> because, registry. Because, because me did. and my... I think me and my wife were the first ones to buy something for your registry. Maybe, we're, maybe I'm wrong. It's okay if we aren't. I think you were. No, I think, I think you guys we were. were. So yeah, so um, um, and tell Heather thank you. I will. Yeah. yeah, and they bought me a very appropriate gift that has to do with radio and podcast. Mm. I mean, how cool is that? Anyway, anyway, so um, thanks for noticing. Does anyone want to buy to stay? Um, I would. So we'll Great. get. I know. How, I'm really good at doing the stovetop thing. Yeah, you have to baste it in butter. Yeah. All right, well, I want to get to your nerd tip now. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I, have a, I have a request from Elsie. Yes. Oh. And Elsie doesn't know this is coming. And Elsie, you are permitted to decline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if you would like to sing the nerd tip song today. No. Come on. It'd you be said so much she's fun. permitted I did. to decline. I didn't say I wasn't going to ask twice. I just <laughs> Okay. All right. Here is the nerd tip song. We'll Just, Just the tip. tip. Nerd, Nerd tip. tip. Okay. Steve is like, what? Is, there, is there like a history I should know for that one? Is it's just is about this something you enjoy? No, it's my segment. I, oh, he her was segment's just putting good. her on the spot. I was really just—I was just—I was just trying to involve Elsie in some way. This is yeah. more but of, doesn't sing. This is a nerd fact okay. today. Love it, and it's just it's, a fact. Nerd, nerd fact. fact. Don't get it whack. It's a nerd fact. No, too much. Okay. Um, so I was getting curious about maps because I'm a nerd. And did you all know that maps have fake towns embedded in, in them purposefully? When you say maps, do you Make mean online maps, digital maps? I'm talking... No, I'm talking like cartography I'm, map. Yeah, right? cartography. I'm talking about. Well, like, all maps probably. are cartography. Are they though? They are. Okay. But well, <laughs> I, I think no. So essentially, ones. the idea here would, if we're going back to like we're going way, way back, or perhaps if we're even talking like Thomas Guide, which is what I grew up with. I freaking love Thomas Guides. But, I don't know Thomas Guides. Oh my gosh, it's that thick, delicious binder binded book of of maps. Oh. And you get it for a region. Does anyone know about a Thomas guide? No. And no. who is Thomas? Oh, well, he guides you everywhere. Do you not he know about him? Engines. What? What? Huh? 
No. Tank engines? No, that's different. Oh, Thomas, Thomas the Tank. The tank. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, Thomas. It's his 75th year anniversary. Yeah, I work special. with toys sometimes, right. oh, cool. so I know about Thomas. No, but it's not him <laughs> who does this. Anyway, so the idea is to ensure that these maps that are painstakingly drawn, so we're going back like old school, um, don't end up being counterfeit, counterfeited. That's the thing. Oh. So it's like a copyright infringement situation. And um, for example, there's a town, ostensibly is the name of a town, <laughs> located in upstate New York. It's a fictitious town created in the 1930s by General Drafting Company and continued to appear in maps all the way through the 90s. That's hilarious. Isn't that cool? Do they have a sign? They have a sign on one side of it says now leaving now entering ostensibly, ostensibly. and the other side it says ostensibly. now leaving ostensibly. Right? No, it's really fun. There's also sometimes map makers introduce non-existent bends and rivers or paths or roads leading mm. to nowhere. Just for fun. No, it's really it's for this. So you're saying um, if ostensibly did not appear on the town, then you would know that the ma- that the map was not real. Well, or I guess I guess that's what it is exactly. Yeah. It, yes. So if someone was trying to do it and it wasn't legit, yeah. that's how you would know. But I guess it got the boot in the nineties. Yeah. Oh. Everything good ended in the nineties. <laughs> it did. No, all the good stuff. All the hair. All the scrunchies. All right. Well, anyway, that's um, that's your t- that's your nerd. Track. I just thought that was really. Cool. It was. It was very interesting. I did not know that until this moment. That was good, right, Elsie? Yeah. Oh, thank God. All I right. did my segment. Imagine if you had sung. It'd be that much better. I'd rather not imagine. Okay. Uh, guess what, Danielle? Mark? Yeah? It's time to start the show. Okay. From the Mouth Media Network Studios in New York City, this is Funny People Talking with Mark Rago, Danielle Beckman, and Elsie. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Before we get started, a couple pieces of housekeeping. One is I should apologize to everybody, but mostly I should apologize to Tina Fey. Yes. Because in our last show, we did a boo-boo and we forgot. I forgot. I thought we were just making that a 2019 plea. No. We gave her a year. No. We're doing it until she comes on. We only really did it for like eight months. Okay. So anyway, we, yeah. it's it's Tina Fey. It's Tina Fey and our appeal to Tina Fey and uh, our desire to have her come on the show or do anything associated with the show. We put our vibes out to the comedy gods. Uh, if you put it out to the universe, you never know what can happen. So uh, it's time that we say a quick prayer. Uh, Steve, you were invited to join in. No pressure to do so, just so you know. Uh, okay. And we will appeal to the comedy gods Steve. and race that go. Tina Fey, please come to the show. Tina Fey, we love you. Come on the show. We want to show. It's 2020. Don't you think it's time? Tina, come on. Tina. Ooh, we almost kind of had a little chime there. It was like a fourth instead of a third. It was dissident. Thank you, everybody. By the way, Steve, I would like to salute you. It is actually all too rare that one of our guests chimes in too yeah. often i invite them and they they, they just and sit they there and that's fine that's their their prerogative i offered an you, odd 
addition to your prayer, but it was um, what came to mind. Oh, I can't wait to re- go. I, I gotta, back. I gotta listen back yeah. to that one. I missed. It. I was too focused on my own prayer. So thank you. So <laughs> Tina, please come on the show. Uh, thank you for joining. All right, uh, next up. Yeah. Uh, super quick before we get to your Star Wars land, and oh, yeah. and also about your getting arrested story. Yeah. Oh. Um, I want to actually ask you a question. This is a this is a serious question. Okay. Like this is not about like being funny or whatever, but. I was actually wondering, you know, the coronavirus is a very serious thing and it's um, it, whatever anyone may think about, is it being overplayed? Is it big, as big as yeah. it seems, is blah, 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 blah. There's absolutely no question it's been affecting business in a very profound way. Yep. I've been worried about you actually because I know that a lot of the business, the work that you personally do mm-hmm. is uh, marketing at, at conferences Literally and trade shows and together. stuff like that as well as other things. Mm-hmm. And they and, have been canceled yeah, left and right. Have you been – if it's okay for me to ask you, has this profoundly been affecting – have you been losing work? What's going on well, with you? it's really Do you mind if I ask you that? Interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm done. I'm done with this show. I'm leaving. No, no, no. I'm here. I'm fine. I love this. <laughs> it's question. funny. That's not the thing I thought I would have done it, but <laughs> no, exactly. Oh, there were many, and I <laughs> stuck it out. No, um, no. What's it's interesting because it's not just the events world that I work in, but it's also like being on set or being in a theater or those things as well. Are all people coming together? I know. So currently, I have been doing pretty well. Also, the coaching work that I do, it's all remote, and we work with international people. So well, that's, that's good. helpful. That's something good. Yeah. Um, you are quite an entrepreneurial soul, I will I, say. Thank you so much, Mark. Also, um, I'm about to be married. So not so need for that anymore. I'm about to be a two-income household. So <laughs> Crying meat. I keep forgetting you don't live together. No. Well, Or didn't. No, yeah. I live with a delightful married couple, and yeah. they're moving out, and I get to stay in that glorious, glorious apartment. You do? So you bump them? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, no. They're they're pregnant. They're having a baby, and oh, they're moving nice. to Connecticut. So so Tim Tim's going to be moving in, and, yeah. and Timothy's moving in. And so and my apartment is super delightful. It's, that's great. It's kind of like one of those places where it's like a little oasis. It's in Brooklyn. And Good it's kitchen? Like, Pardon? Good kitchen? Good kitchen. It's like on the parlor level. I get to look out my window and stare at Cardinals and Blue Jays. Oh, my goodness. That's great. I love birds. Oh, I didn't know know that. I've done bird tips. Yeah, but I didn't know it was part of a larger... Oh, I have. I got pigeons um, too, or other birds. Pardon? Pigeons as well. Hate bird. Those. Uh, um, that's not a. That's they're not, not real birds. They're, they're the rats yeah. of the sky. They are. They are the rats but of the sky. I it's my first band might look them up. <laughs> I you know Come there's a band about the stage, pigeons. The rats of the sky. I would look them up in my Nat Geo bird book. Yeah. I did get some binoculars. So really nice ones. <laughs> It was a gift. I'm so excited. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're doing okay, though. Yeah. So that's good. Yes. Thank you, though, for asking. And to be honest, though, I've had I've heard of a lot of people who do trade shows yeah. and things like that that are having work canceled. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be one of those times where I think – I don't know why the word grace is coming to mind, but I hope a lot of people have mm-hmm. grace for one another. And oh, my gosh. figure it out it and is, come together somehow. It is amazing how, uh, without belaboring the point, you know – the can- very understandably, by the way, but the cancellation of let's say one single conference. Let's take South by Southwest. Now, considerably, that uh, is that is a large one. And but my movie 
we were going to aim for that this year and yeah. we're not, we're doing it next year. Good. Okay. So, so but the number of artists, the number of filmmakers, oh, it's insane. the number of Uber drivers, the number of restaurants, the number of servers, the number of marketers like yourselves, of the dominant of all the workers at the conference itself. South by Southwest has already laid off a third of its own workforce, 350 or $60 million gone from the community, Absolutely. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the way down and the not line. not to mention the networking. Like, but, I, oh, I want my movie to premiere the yeah. next year, and I starred in it and produced well, it, and if I, that was my quote-unquote big moment, I was, I'm not going to meet people. I just interviewed someone earlier today on a different show. I, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm distraught. Um, no, keep going. No. No, I, I understand. I, I was realizing I wasn't giving you that moment. I oh, apologize. no, I feel good. So, so I interviewed someone earlier today yeah. who they're going to be fine. Their their agency will survive. But they were expecting very significant things to come out of South by Southwest, mm-hmm. the people they will yeah. be able to meet, the people they will be able to talk to, wow. the people, all those things. And they're 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 not going to be able to because of this. It's a trade-off. Of like if, if you're actually making people safer – Presumably or not, you know, maybe it's inevitable that it's going to spread anyway, um, not to be all doom and gloom. But are you making people safer um, while you're also destroying, you know, Right. And, and maybe we'll never know. And maybe it will yeah. end up being contained and we all yeah. go, hooray, hooray, good thing we didn't have that thing because we'll, we'll never know. Well, yeah. here's, a, here's a question I haven't heard a single person ask yet. And I'm not, I'm not even questioning the decisions uh, that have been made in this question. But all these people that are losing work as a result of these kinds of decisions, how many of them are losing their ability to pay for medical care? Oh, yeah. And There's how will that, that affect their ability to, you know, the irony, so forth? So it is indeed a domino effect. Yeah. 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 So, um, Elsie, do you have anything to add to this conversation? No. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny though. I will say life seems exactly the same in New York and very normal. It because does, right? People the weirdos around. on the subway are still the weirdos on the subway, and that's it. I know. It is weird. Maybe to be the on- crowds have thinned slightly. All right, I have something to say now. Okay, go ahead. Less traffic they'll, driving. They, they'll be the ones that survive because they've already been around all the. They've got the germs. Who's they? The germs. All the. Oh, the vagrants and the. Yeah. Okay, cool. They've got better immune systems. I think <laughs> as long as they haven't been. That's a good point. And Trump, Trump you know. will survive. Yeah. Okay. Cricket, cricket. That's, that's cricket, political. Cricket. Let's well, he says away. he's this, you know. Cricket. Anyway. Uh, okay. So. We don't want to slip into any sedition <laughs> jokes on accident. And then um, they come after us. I got to hear about getting arrested. Oh, yeah. Let's. I was already talking about someone coming after me. So now. Good segue. Speaking of airplanes. What do you want to know, Mark? Well, tell us about being arrested. What happened? So I was just walking along. Minding your own business. Minding everyone else's business. And I was holding. So here's something to know about me. I love droids more than anything. And I have. Droids like Star Wars droids. Yes. I had my shirt that said. I thought you liked birds more than anything. Oh, God. I have two. No, I like pugs more than anything. That's I like true. To, et cetera, et cetera. So I have too a, many hobbies okay. okay, and obsessions. So this shirt says, be a hero. And I wish it was kind of like, like be a hero. Like that's how I say it in my mind. And it has BB-8 on the bottom left. And then I also had my BB-8 pin. BB-8, a droid from one of the Star Wars movies. Yes. Multiple, all, multiple. 
Um, and I had my BB-8 water bottle. And then I had just learned that I was about to own my own BB unit because I was going to build my own droid. This is in Orlando, Florida. And my fiance had surprised me with building oh a droid. Oh, my gosh. I know. It was part of my Christmas present oh, and my movie, movie wow. finishing present. And um, and I ended up making um, that droid. And I named him bb 8 which stands for BBATS. So it's BB-ATS, which stands for at the salon because he got a paint job. So the bottom half of BB-8, you would love this, of my BB-8s is purple and white and the top, his head is orange. So it's like he got a little paint job. Okay, I have to tell you, at Batu, these people there are real. They are real. They are They are legit. Not a single person was not from Batu or not from another planet uh-huh. and and working there like it was so wonderful so i went up i was like i want to name my my droid bb8s and they were like oh that's a cool name never heard that and i was like you're an actor anyway so all this to say i was walking around i had all my swag and suddenly, just standing by the Millennium Falcon, chilling, like waiting for, I don't know, Chewie or someone to walk out, I'm standing there and I hear this like, get her, there she is, get her. And it was like these stormtroopers beelining for me. And and I was like, is it happening? Is it, Are they coming for me? I was so excited. But I kind of like started to back up, like to kind of scurry away. And there's a crowd forming, right? right? And they're coming toward me and they're coming toward me. Get the girl with the BBX. Yeah, they said, they said, we found someone from the Rebel Alliance. And they came up and one of them like aggressively put his, his stormtrooper armored hand on my shoulder. And I was like... <gasps> Oh, God, don't keep going. And I said, I literally said to them, I said. Be careful, I'm going to call HR. No, well, no, but I actually said, I screamed. And then I said, this is my dream. And one of them was like, good. And then he shoved me. And I was like, oh, this is weird. And then, of course, my fiance is filming this. And he's he's like, I'm engaged to her, but I barely know her. Take her. Um, anyway, they they had they were getting messages that I was in cahoots with, you know, Poe Dameron, XYZ, all these things that were true. Did they take you somewhere? Well, almost. They we got intercepted on the way back to where we were going. And they they were gonna do an invasive retinol scan though. Like they were ready. And then they they stopped. They got word from like the control center mm-hmm. that they had the wrong person. Let her go. And I was released. And you know, the minute they walked away. I just started following them. Like, what, what? Like, you want to take Move this? Along. Yeah. And by that time, there were just there were just droves of people. And did this all happen I, in front of a crowd? A huge crowd. It was so exciting. Oh, I need water. I'm so beclemmed. <laughs> oh God, it really was the best. Trip so it's kind life. of a fake oh, arrest. You're what? really emotional about this. Sorry, go ahead, Steve. It was a fictitious arrest. No, it was real. I yeah, was in was. cahoots. All right. With with the Rebel Alliance. Awesome. I really was. But they and they spotted me because I'm literally holding BB eight, BB eight, BB eight, BB eight everywhere. Uh-huh. But it was it was really, really fun. And um and and then they they went on their merry way. But the thing that was really interesting about it was I protest, I am not a merry man. 
I protest. No, but the thing that was interesting about it was that uh, all day, because I hung out on Batu all day, no one else had like a show like that. Like mm. I was like, oh, they probably do this every hour. Mm. No one else. Like sometimes they would go up to people and say, hey, what are you doing? Move along. But the, there was no one else that was made like such a spectacle. And I was like, wow, this is Yay. how I know I am chosen. Yeah, there was special. something about you. That made <laughs> like I am such a weirdo that I, I felt yeah. so special. Like that you I was were meant out. to be in that space. I really was. Place. I was so it really it made. They must everything. pick out people who are super fans. Probably like, the, like they're like that girl, thirty-three year old weirdo. Let's go. She bought her merch. <laughs> and you know what I have to say? And that same trip, um, you can do a meet and greet with your favorite Star Wars characters. And I would like, I wanted to go meet BB-8, so BB-8 could meet BB-8's my droid. And we went in to go meet him. And when I tell you that these two women in there that work for Disney. <laughs> were so over their job oh really oh my god they were so over it and timothy my fiance when we were leaving he's like okay we need to break bb8 out because they're holding him hostage because when we walked in they're like hello bb8 <laughs> wants to say is your droid from the light side of the dark side and i'm like you don't speak droid bb8 did not say that like bb8 knows what side i'm on and I got to, to hug maybe and take a photo and all the things. So it's like, out. did this? Was there just some some supervisor somewhere that was like, "All right, we've got too many people at the popsicle stand. What can we do with it?" Kristen, Ashley, you go over to the freaking BBA thing. Yeah, Someone well, second. but one of them was also a photographer, so oh. she was taking pictures. And she's like, "Look over here, smile." BBA wants to know what's your favorite. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh." Can you pretend for me, please? Have you heard of magic people? This yeah. is a lot of magic. But I really wanted to break BB-8 out. Oh. Anyway, and it's also cool. Just, I highly cool. recommend it. If you get to build a droid at Galaxy's yeah. Edge, it interacts with the park. So when you walk by different oh, that's things, neato. Um, your droid and your, the little backpack jiggles. And I would like to go to. I would like to go to Galaxy's Edge. That'd be really, you really cool. You sort of uh, have to. Did you? Did you? Did you do the Millennium Falcon ride? Oh, yes, I did. Was it cool? Yes, I was a pilot and also an engineer. I flew it twice. It was really cool. It was really amazing. I did not get to do the, the, the Rises of the Resistance. Oh. The re what? Did you get the Did you hear about the Chewbacca Easter egg that's in there? If you if you Oh, oh, if you fly really well or really poorly. No, there's a there's a um, you can you fly differently each time. There's there's a thing that you can do in the cockpit that you flick certain switches in a certain order or something. Oh. I saw an article about this. If you do it a certain way, Chewbacca ends up interacting with you in oh, the cockpit. Oh, that's cool. So, but it's I not. I did not know. Yeah, so there's supposedly some God, Easter eggs are cool. Yeah, some. They're so cool. Have you, you been, do. Steve? I've been to. Is this part of one of the Disney parks? Yeah, this is in Orlando. It's also at Disneyland too, but the Orlando one is more tricked out. Yeah, I went to one of those like Universal Studios or something. But with, did you uh, go to the Star Wars? Or, um, I think I did. I think I, I took my son there when he was little. But I can't remember. Oh no, this one's new. Well, how old's your son now? That's the uh, question. He's thirteen. So maybe what I went to is different than what you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This. No, this I remember. Is, I know what you're new. talking about. Th yeah. That's at Disney. That's at um at Hollywood Disney. Or, uh, it's. It, yes, I remember that that's different. Hollywood okay. Studios. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much more experiential. Right. Yes. No, it's yeah. um. 
It's not Hollywood Studios. It's um because they reenacted like a couple of you know lightsaber battles that and still like exists. That. Yeah, and then you go in and then you're fully. Is that Paramount? Yeah. Really Is it Paramount it really Studios? Is it the Paramount yeah. Studios uh, theme park? Maybe it's you know, one of those. Yeah, I don't anyway, know. whatever. They're all empty right now, though. Yeah. Uh, right now, probably. Oh my Are they God, I, I haven't looked. Well, good for you. I'm glad you had that experience. That is amazing. Thank you. And I got out of it. I didn't have to go to jail. And I got to go to the cantina after. And it was great. Yay. Good. <laughs> Congratulations. I got, I got square-shaped chicken nuggets. <laughs> it was a delight. How many chickens did you give? <laughs> I, gave, I gave it 10 out of 10 chickens. Oh, it was good. really good. good. All right. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Oh, that thank was awesome. you for asking, Mark. How about Steve? Before we get to your story, why don't we play a quick improv game? Sure. All right. So I thought maybe it might be nice to go to the big announcement, mm-hmm. which is where you pick a – well, I'm going to give you a choice. Do we, The big announcement, do you remember what that is? So that's where that's where we do – I'm which one? That was a, that was such an interesting expression. I, <laughs> I've known you for a while. I never saw that expression before. I don't know what that was. Maybe a little constipation. I don't is know. That is that the big? All right. So the big okay. announcement is where you have something that is really not significant at all as a piece of news, but you turn it into a major announcement, and you have to. Uh, uh, Someone else gives you the style of the way that you announce that. Mm. So it could be calling a horse race. It could be uh, a movie trailer. It could be, you know, a breaking news newscaster. I like this one. Let's do it. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. The big announcement. The key is, though, the news is very insignificant. An example would be give me a style, Danielle, just so I can demonstrate. Um, Not that everyone does A radio commercial. Okay. Um. Do you want the insignificant thing too? No, I got I got something. Okay. Just an example. So radio commercial. Geez, that's actually a hard one, I think. Okay, do easy movie trailer. A movie trailer. Okay, here we go. Um in a world where eyelashes come unattached. Dan Mark has his eyelash falls out. See, I'm terrible. I didn't even do it. <laughs> so that's not. So that that right there, Steve. That's an example. Have how you ever not, lost your eyelashes? Not, yes. Exactly. Not to do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So no, I we get it. It's fine. Yeah. It's great. It's, that was poorly executed. Uh, you should give yourself more credit. Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah. I thought the in the world part was good, but yeah. That was, yeah. But, uh, once we got past that, it was in nothing. a world. In a world. It's always okay. in a world. It's really fun because I have the headphones on and I can hear how I sound. In a world where everyone's staying home all the time. In a world. <laughs> See, if you could hear what I hear right now, that's really cool. <laughs> I think that Steve should do one yeah. um, about working from home or something. Sure. Okay. I want, I'm going to – I'd like to offer up the style. So, Steve, you're going to do one about uh, – so, Steve, you're working – from home. And like the perks, you know, of working from home and stuff. And, I'm familiar and, with the concept. Yeah. There you go. Great. He's working from yeah. home. That's the news. The news story is working from <laughs> home. He's announcing that he's going to be working from home. The style is an old-fashioned auctioneer. Take it away. 
Yeah, we got the news here. He's coming. He's coming. Guess what? Steve's going to be working from home today. That's what I say. That's right, folks. Steve's going to be working from home. It's right, 10, 20, 30 minutes a day. Steve is working. He's not going to be out of the office. He's going to be locked in his chair in his desk. That's right. Steve is going to be home. That was great. Very nice. Sold. That's okay. That was great. I like that. Yeah. That was that was almost like an old movie like uh uh serial like a, a news a newsreel. That was almost like a newsreel. I like that. That was great. All right, uh Elsie, it's your turn. Uh if you'd like to play. Uh Danielle, give Elsie a uh insignificant piece of news. Uh, Steve, get Elsie a style. Yeah. Um gardening your turnips okay and heavy metal well what what's the announcement she's gardening her tournament turnips yeah, that's yeah. the announcement yeah. yeah she's gonna describe how her turnips are doing okay yeah. and what was the style heavy heavy metal, heavy metal style heavy metal style yeah. okay. like you know iron maidens right? yeah okay Till the soil, till the soil. I need to the garden more. Gonna make a turnip suit. Turnips. Hell yeah. Sweet. Thank you. Okay, that was way more than I was expecting. All right. You're like, I did really well played. <laughs> yeah, nicely done. All right, oh Danielle, it's your turn. Elsie, announcement. I'll give a style. Uh-huh. Counting jelly beans in a jar. So what's the announcement, though? About counting jelly beans in a jar. That's the announcement about About count- how many there are. Okay, so she's about reading off, she announces- reading off everyone's guesses. And, ca- and counting. There you go. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Thank okay. you. That's what I wanted to know. You know, that's... like when you're at a thing and you win something because you yeah. counted the jelly beans. Yeah, in the that's jar. great. I just wanted more specificity. And then the they <laughs> announced what the real one was. Yeah. Okay, great. Jelly beans and in a jar. <laughs> I and it. scene. And scene. So we understand. Now I understand. Thank you. And I would like to <sighs> suggest really that beans. the uh, the um, the style is a 1950s. Uh, bombshell uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. actress. But like, okay, so is this like too much like the 1940s? See? <laughs> That's fine. We don't know. That's great. Uh, okay, so let's see. I'm th- For some reason, I'm thinking like sisters, sisters. <laughs> I don't know why I thought in my head. All right, kids, gather around, gather around. See, we're going to take a one jelly bean, a two jelly bean, and then we're going to count how many are in the jar. Can you count, sir? Oh, you guessed 55. Good for you. Oh, congratulations. Isn't it titillating to count jelly beans? (laughs) I love it. I'm going to make a guess. I'm going to go ahead and say 100 jelly beans in this jar. What do you think? Oh, I'm getting... Oh, Milton. Milton is slipping me a note. Uh, The note says there are 1,000 jelly beans. (laughs) Well, I'm off. But uh, anyway, that's my big news for the day. I'm not good at counting and... Well, now it's time to eat them all. There you go. Delicious. And by the way, I, I enjoyed immensely the little. You can't hear it, but she had all the little sort of head jerks that <laughs> that were a part of the time where they kind of like you can't hear launch back jerks. and forth. You know, it's I funny. believe that she's from the forties. That was great. Thank you. I've always wanted to be from there. 
Uh, Steve. Luckily, I'm a performer like you, so we I can know. go uh, anywhere. Great job, so, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you. Steve, uh, maybe you'd like to, I'll, I'll do one, uh, fair is fair, uh, offer me a... Uh, uh, You've said in a world. Announcement. No, I was demonstrating. Oh, that was, that was... And poorly Come executed. Uh, Steve, uh, a, uh, an uh, announcement, Danielle style. Okay. You're doing like a kind of a tutorial video on how, how you floss your teeth. Oh, okay. If how I flossed f- enough, I would know. How to <laughs> Presuming floss. you know how to floss. Um, in the style of um, the MTA announcers. <laughs> From New York? New York MTA? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's see here. <laughs> first you take this. Uh, first you take the floss. Put it between your teeth. Stand by to floss. And back and forth. The New York City's police department would like to advise you to floss every day. Backpacks can be searched and so can your teeth. <laughs> Stand by to begin flossing. <laughs> That's it. That was great. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I, one of my favorite things is just was just so dumb that I've this poor of a life apparently, but I like to stand and when they say like um the next upbound a train is now arriving. Yeah. Please stand away from the platform edge. Yeah. And I like to do it exactly as the announcer is saying. <laughs> so, uh, one of my other favorite things is at Whole Foods, as you know, they have, uh, they have, you know, it's like um, register yes. twenty-two. Yes. Register eighteen, and I like to make up very high numbers. Yes. I don't know why that's so entertaining. 600. That's usually entertaining for my wife for about three times. And then I think that she's just like. And then it's done. (sighs) See, I I like that you went like the clean cut, like the electronic man way. Because I thought you were going to go like. (laughs) Clean your teeth. You know, like how a real (laughs) subway announcer is. There you go. Teeth. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, when they're blocking the doors. Yes. Clean the teeth. That's actually how <laughs> the, the washing. Teeth. Have you been to DC's in DC's Metro? That is actually One how time. it sounds in the DC Metro. It's a commonly like known thing. Oh, it's really it's muffled. It's really bad. It's like. <laughs> it's really sad, which is funny because they're really modern looking yeah, trains and it's very like clean. Yeah, but there's a lot of carpet on there. I don't trust it. Oh, well, of course. So the, anyway. the, the nicest, the cleanest trains I ever saw were in Copenhagen, but the second cleanest were actually in San Francisco. They were pretty. Bart. Yeah. That Bart also pretty has carpet. Nice. Aside from the homeless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fun game, y'all. Fun game. So that was nice. That was okay, right? I like that. I'd like so. to play that, you know, at a dinner party or something. All right. Yes. There you go. Exactly. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then uh, we're going to find all about Steve Strauss right after this. Why? 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 Oh, yeah, I remember now. This is Funny People Talking. Steve, you're the man. All right, we got to start out with one very important thing here. And then Danielle, I think it was Danielle, noticed it when you walked in. Uh, maybe it was Elsie. I apologize. No. Oh, it, it was, was me. Danielle, 
you have a tie on, but not just a tie. You have a tie that Danielle, what's his tie got on it? It's got good old Steve from Stranger Things. A Stranger Things tie. Yeah. Worn Holy by crap. Steve in the studio. That's hilarious. Have you seen any of these today? I never even knew they existed. All right. That's I so didn't cool. know they existed either. How yeah. fun. Are you a huge Stranger Things fan? Well, I'm a Stranger Things fan, but my son is like a diehard Stranger uh-huh. Things fan. And he started off a few years ago, the first season, and he was kind of scared to watch it. That makes sense. I'm scared. I was scared too. Yeah, it was it was scary. You yeah. Know? Um, so I've been looking for reasons to wear this tie. Well, this which is, it, is I love it. You know, a podcast where nobody could see me. I figure perfect. <laughs> Her, but we hopefully we'll take a picture. But yes, yeah. genius idea. Let's yeah. do a podcast where everyone can just imagine the tie. Also, what about your socks, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's got – you got – oh, look at that. Didn't even um, notice it. You think I'm like an egomaniac because I have a tie with my name <laughs> on it and I have socks with my face on it. But these socks I was given uh, as a gift by a very close friend, who, a former coworker. And um, – I think it is so amazing you're wearing socks with your own face on it. That's obviously – She bought it and I thought it was funny and it's uh, – That is great. Yeah, it, it does feel empowering and occasionally people see my face and they're like, <laughs> is that you? That's weird. Um, well, I have a friend who just had a baby, and ah. and they bought sock. The wife bought socks for the husband that have the face of their child. Oh uh, yeah, right. So I don't know. So I should buy these for my mom. I <laughs> there you go. But Perfect. this tie. So my son was bar mitzvahed in November, and he had a Stranger Things theme. Oh, oh my gosh! Gosh, was so everything upside down? There was a, yeah. There was a lot of like cool decor throughout so the whole cool. event that we used That's to decorate so cool. it, and you know a lot of um, kind of thoughtful ideas and i i saw this tie on etsy and i ordered the tie a Genius. month prior or at least a month prior and they said it would be ready in two weeks and it didn't show up till <laughs> two weeks oh after my gosh so Aww. so i so then i'm sitting there in my closet after the event's over with a steve harrington stranger things tie and i haven't had that many occasions to wear it so well, i'm so happy we it did struck that me too. this was the one so thank you for noticing oh man and you know what etsy can be touch and go like that yeah for some yeah. really custom things just takes a while yeah and it then does. you put it in their review right <laughs> <gasps> ouch oh my gosh um so let, let's back up a little bit then sure. um so you're a writer and you're a performer I know about the writing part, and we even referenced an article yeah. recently. What's the performer part? So career-wise, I've been primarily in the corporate world, which okay. isn't that funny at all. But I've been there for a long time. And I started doing stand-up comedy, though, about 15 years ago. Oh. So I should probably say that I'm a, a writer and aspiring performer. You know, I do it as much as I can and, and love doing it. You're um, allowed to have the title. my income. Art does not mm-hmm. need justification. Yeah. You are okay, allowed. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So I I went to um, grad school for business. And the whole time I thought I was going like, to go into business, do this. And then when I was graduating, they had this like folly show. Like it was called the annual report, and it was just basically making Ooh. fun of things. Making it. so I ended up like <laughs> writing a couple sketches and performing How in a couple fun. sketches, and I loved it. I mean, I went to like two years of business school, worked my ass off, and mostly couldn't stand it. Wow. And then the last like three days, I did this folly <laughs> show of these skits, and I loved it. Yeah, yeah, and I was <laughs> like, oh my god! And I remember my uh, girlfriend at the time; she was like, oh, my boyfriend's a, a graduating. You know, business student, he's going to be so successful. And like, I called her up. I'm like, yeah, you know, I really wasn't into the business thing, but 
Sketch comedy writing. That sounds that's <laughs> awesome. It's great. I already have a business. Acting, <laughs> right. I, you know, I, I know how to run a business. So how do yeah. we put them together? That's right. So then I got a job in in the corporate world. I started working, but I met a guy that did stand up, and I started doing stand up in New York and and the areas and stuff. And you know, I I loved like just performing and writing, and it was just a kind of a hobby. Uh, but eventually, I uh, I started doing work uh, work related gigs, like you know team building events mm-hmm. or, yes. um, you know, my companies would have these sales kickoff meetings or, you know, customer, customer meetings, customer summits. And I started writing and performing corporate comedy, well, you know, see, making you, fun of it all. It's funny because just a few minutes ago you said corporate isn't, isn't necessarily funny, but it I think is. you're well, proving so you that it, it is. It's painful, which is why it's funny. There yeah. you go. Okay. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But you're, you're bringing that in and, and that's kind of, that's also been a theme um, on our podcast as well too, how, how the humor is so important. And we all, and we've also noticed like say trends where the corporate world is wanting to go that way, like less of the like stuffy buttoned up yeah. and more of the authentic yeah, that's my first article that I wrote on LinkedIn was was about how corporate America needs more levity. And great. I've been fortunate in that I've worked for companies that had a good sense of humor. That's great. And I started <laughs> off just like, you know, I don't know, being a wise ass in meetings or writing funny emails or whatever. But eventually, like I said, it turned into more of these formal, you know, performances at these events. And people just loved it because it was just, you know, making fun of all the stuff that, you know, we go through every day, shared experiences and, you know, those painful moments. Yeah. That you, that you can all relate to in the corporate setting. So I started writing a lot about that. I stuff. imagine too, that it's almost like a, um, a break for people's brains yeah, as well. Reprieve. Yeah. You get, it's almost like a pattern interrupt where you have like a, your, your mundane and what you're doing yeah. and then you get to inject that. So, so around that, do you, um, now, now where are you with that sure. and everything? I'm so curious. Yeah. So, you know, I left the, company that I was at for 12 years back in um, at the end of the summer. And I've basically been doing consulting work. So working on small independent projects, which has been really fun. And I try to uh, incorporate comedy into any of those projects any chance I can. It it certainly helps with, you know, forging relationships with people and um, Mm -hmm. showing myself as more relatable, especially as a consultant. Consultants can sometimes be very kind of, you know, by the book and, right. and stuffy. So so I do consulting work and I do as much writing and, and comedy on the side. And, you know, you always hope that it could lead to something, especially in this day and age where, you know, 10, 20 years ago, it was like to be a comedian, you've got to either become a really big stand-up or yep. you've got to become, you've got to com- become an actor essentially um, and, and cut through the clutter and become a successful actor or a writer, of course, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is really hard, but, you know, amazing, uh, kind of grueling process to cut through um but nowadays there's there's so many ways to do comedy in some shape or form you know whether it's podcasts or uh your own independent videos and oh absolutely i love that perspective too because i'm a performer myself i'm a producer and you can sometimes go oh wow there's just so many people out there doing this and get discouraged but i love that outlook of 
wow, there are so many people out there and there are so many outlets to do yeah. it. It's not just the one track because right. I actually I have done stand up um, in oh, my cool. 12 years of living in New York. And I also used to book a lot of comedy. And a lot of my friends now are on all the late night shows. Oh, and wow, they had great. their like fast track to yeah. kind of go. We've had some of them on funny people talking. Very cool. There is sort of a formula for that that there's there's essentially a recipe for yeah. that that outcome of what they wanted and now with the with the climate of of just social media mm-hmm. and everything it's it's definitely changed so do you when you consult what um what platforms do you find that you like working in or leveraging? Like, do you do live videos, live streaming? Do you meet clients on LinkedIn, Instagram? Like, I'm really curious what you're finding, how you get your connections. Yeah, most of the time it's through personal connections. Okay, word of um, mouth, basically. Yeah, word okay. of mouth through people I've worked with or colleagues in, in the industry. And I will uh, use that to open doors with different companies and start pitching them, um, you know, what I would do at, you know, marketing services and, and sales enablement, sales development, uh, working on presentations for them and uh, building their sales and marketing content. So it's basically through connections, oh, wow. through LinkedIn. That's um, awesome. And, um, but the thing that I'm kind of working on, so, you know, I've mentioned I've done corporate comedy mm-hmm. and I guess that's sort of my niche. I mean, I've written, I've done stand up on a lot of different topics. But um, you know your audience now, the corporate, yeah, uh, kind of the Dilbert esque observations, cool. and I feel like you know the movie Office Space just sort of cracked the surface on how much mm. funny stuff is out there in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. I would attend these sales meetings. I would observe things for two, three days, and then I would literally write everything on the spot, and then I would deliver you know the top seventeen wow. ish things I learned about the world from this this company sales meeting and it was all very cynical, sarcastic, yeah. Dilbert-esque observations about, you know, every little menial thing that happened. Again, to what we talked about earlier, is like I find that people can relate to it and really get excited about like making fun of the world <laughs> that we live in. So I'm trying to think about how I could, you know, write and perform more corporate comedy, not just for meetings, but just almost as like a course. Mm-hmm. You know, you talked about Companies want to add more, you know, humor and levity to kind of and they're looking for it, yeah. So it's almost like a training course as to how I could introduce comedy to their workplace to, you know, to diffuse tension, to make it more of a fun culture, to allow employees to kind of feel more empowered with comedy. And, and and you you probably know I know you've done a lot of improv but like improv for leaders helps with communication mm-hmm. helps with um, you know thinking on their feet so I think there's there's so many areas where if you you could sort of train your staff with comedy as a as a lever and it could really lead to like productive things that come out of it can we loop back around to what's happening now like with coronavirus and so forth sure. and and taking this kind of thinking this kind of training this kind of uh, team building and all that stuff. And, and you know, I, I don't mean to put you in a position of like you are mm-hmm. some sort of thought leader and guru of comedy uh, guru across of the land. But, but maybe but in, you are. But but in, ter- <laughs> in terms of the thinking you've done so far, yeah. your, your experience doing team building, your experience writing and infusing comedy in, into your uh, helping uh, businesses move ideas and so mm-hmm. forth. What are your thoughts about how someone can be thinking about something that's serious, lethal, in motion, mm-hmm. destru- uh, uh, resulting in destruction of business, 
and we don't know where it's going. Yeah. And hopefully it's something resolves soon and yeah. fairly well, but we also just don't know. So how and can, and can you, how does one even look at it through a lens of humor as a way right. to deal? Yeah. Is humor permissible? Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's not about dealing, just because right. it's, it like it, it's happening. They're like, yeah. like when, when's the right time? All this. So uh, this is all going through my head a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in the thoughts because in this article that you wrote, you must have gone through that thinking a little bit sure. and say, what could I write? This this is clearly about this. Yeah. Uh, w- 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 it's clearly related to what's going on with the health issues right now. What was the name of the article? Comedy painkiller. Using right. comedy to you know kind of solve for right. pain in your life. So how did you decide you could write that? Could write it? Yeah. And now and then how does how, what thought process did you go through saying what can one talk about now related right. to this? My thought was that you you know. During these times of duress, we need comedy more than ever because, you know, it, it is a stressful time. And with coronavirus and the market, you know, kind of being up and down as it is and, um, you know, and everyone's got this element of fear made worse by, you know, the news headlines that are all such alarmist headlines. Yes. Every time there's a new case, it's, it's popped up there. And, they all want you know, something to write about. Yes. Oh. And just click here for the next kind of tragic headline mm-hmm. I can throw your way yeah to your po- question about like when is it too soon like I remember after 9-11 there was people that you know comedians that took heat for making a joke too soon but you know it's it's really about your approach like I would never make an insensitive joke about somebody who you know lost someone to you know a, a disease or or you know somebody who has it and is struggling with it or people that are genuinely scared but you can make fun of the of the concept overall and kind of, you know, bring light to, you know, this fact that we're all living these lives where we all have to stay home now and um, try to make sense of it. I just think that, I mean, my article talks about using comedy to solve for pain in your life. And it's broader than coronavirus. It wasn't written just for of what's going on right now. It was written for, you know, this concept of the, instead of mind over body mm. to control your pain, it's the comedic mind over body so using humor Mm -hmm. to um to be able to manage you know what's in your head and instead of getting mad about something intense thinking about what's funny about it and then letting that flow through you i know that sounds kind of like oh it's received sounds lovely let's try (laughs) you know but if you truly like can think of things that uh and i bring up larry david and curb your enthusiasm oh sure because it's like he's sort of in my opinion the spokesperson for for pain in our lives, mm. those everyday <laughs> situations that drive you all mad. Right. And he mad. He says what we're not willing to say. It. Right. He, he says it all and he jumps right in and finds a humorous angle to it. So like I think in the article I wrote about coronavirus is like, you know, sure, this is terrible. We're all scared. But you have a valid excuse to not go on that cruise with your in-laws. Mm-hmm. There you, you go. Know? Yeah. You don't have to fist bump the overeager fist bumper anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you could probably find some really cheap travel to Turks and Caicos right now, you know, finding a little bit of light to it, uh, you know, working from home, there's some benefits to that. So, you know, I, I just think you could approach things with, you know, a lighthearted perspective that helps maybe alleviate the tension and the yes. pain a little bit, Yeah. you know, and give you more of a positive outlook. I think that that's great. I mean, also, Elsie and I were just talking about an exercise that she yeah. had seen in a class yeah. or workshop. 
you say what you're angry about, and then you have to come up and act out the solution for it. Huh. But you, but you can't just fake it. You have to really act it out as if you are really doing it. Oh, and that's I, amazing. And yeah. we were talking about like how when the the anger and it's like this pisses me off. Like, yeah. And she was using the example of the subway doors closing on you. And in that same way, it's kind of like using the maybe, oh, is this is this like too soon to say or it almost like the juxtaposition of like, I'm getting energized by yelling about this thing that I'm really angry about. But that's like the comedy of Larry David that we love. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's. It's funny. And of course, it might not work for everyone. Yeah. So I'm curious, how has this article been received? Well, I know you just posted it. Yeah. Uh, So far, really good. I mean, it's, yeah, it was just posted this morning, so it hasn't been long enough. Um, There certainly haven't been any angry responses. It's been um, a lot of really positive, you know, comments and, and likes. And I think people are appreciative of, you know, when you're reading all this bad stuff in the news to have, you know, some, some reads that are a little bit more positive and maybe a bit humorous. You know, my wife works for a news media company and, uh, she's in the midst of, you know, it, it's my a fiance financial company. works for a news media company yeah. too. We'll talk about it off air. And I could tell it's extremely tense right now, you know? And, yes. I mean, she's handling it very well and managing it very well, but I, I could tell that it's, it's extremely tense. Wow. So if you're in that environment all day, I think it's good to, yes, you know, you, need it. You, you rush home from work and you just want to, you know, or maybe you're already home if you're, everyone's working <laughs> home and you just want to watch like a, you know, like a, a stupid Mindless, comedy, yeah. exactly. Clear your head and, mm. and definitely do not turn on CNN. No, good call. I mean, everyone should just watch Love is Blind, to be yes. honest. <laughs> yes. And talk about isolating. They're all in pods by themselves. I don't know what Love is Blind uh, is. My friend was telling you. You about both it need to watch. Elsie and Mark, can you please watch? And we will talk about it next Love week. Love is Blind. Mark, this is so your What is jam. it? What does it just tell me what it is? I'm so sorry to like no, interrupt fine. us it's much more talking about yeah. Steve. Do you, you know about this, Steve? No, I have Do you remember that old um TV show where they, they'd have a guy behind a curtain or something and the three women would be on stools or vice versa, women versus men, yeah. and they'd say They'd ask questions and whatever, but you didn't see him. And then they had to pick which one they wanted to meet. It's kind of like that, right? Do you remember that? What it, was the name of that game? That is the dating that? game. Is it the dating game? That is um, sort of, kind of. It's actually um, they created a whole set of these things called pods, which cracks me up because it's literally like you're quarantining yourself. And there's 12 men and 12 women. So healthiest women. show around, right? <laughs> Absolutely. 12 men and 12 women. And the women are only allowed on, like, they they enter on one side and the men enter on another. And you essentially go on, quote, unquote, dates with all 12 of the people. And you never see each other. You just talk to each other. And mm-hmm. these people over a week or so start to form relationships and then choose who they want to propose to. And mm-hmm. then they get pro- – then they propose – they get engaged they before they ever see each other. Mm-hmm. And then they see each other and then things happen and then there's a wedding at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Mark, this is so up your reality show, Allie. <laughs> I, no, I 
binged this show. Okay. Right. And you know me, I don't watch much reality. I don't watch The Bachelor. I don't watch mm-hmm. any of that. That's stuff. good. This show is an anthropological study. Like, of interesting. Behavior. Isn't it kind of like, um, is, it is called The Dating Game? Because I was like, is it Match Game? I, I don't know the name, but it's Dating Game. But yeah. I don't know if it's Dating Game. If but, it were, but it's that. Everyone plus, is individual. Yeah. But it's plus Jason's show that he, that our guest Yes, Jason. plus. Um, oh, the yes. Married, uh, married at First Sight. First Sight, yeah. right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It could be a mashup of those two but and it's Jason its own brand. actually got married to someone really good right. now and he's very happy cool. update on past guest wait but the but it's the same person no no, no. oh he got divorced he got divorced <gasps> he divorced that he, he but she stuck by him through his mom having cancer they, they've been divorced for a while, though, right? A couple um, years. Well, I think when he was on the show, he might have been I think throes of the no, of but I thought, ending. But, but last time we By talked. the way, I have jokes about cancer, too. I'm not going to do them right now, but I, I think you could make fun of any, any <laughs> topic. That's great. Good for you, Steve. Yeah, it's, you could, you could, you know, you could. Nothing is too soon. But anyway, I got to talk about gotcha. Jason after so, this. So back to Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Steve, back no, to okay. the studio. So, so I have a question for you, Steve. Um, do I have to answer how, in like a uh, an old vaudeville you can do, voice? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, uh, well, now you do. You better. <laughs> how has your stand up and the thought process you've gone about writing jokes and stand up and, mm-hmm. and and what you've learned from that process informed your writing? Oh yeah. Well, it's funny because I always think of a lot of the successful comedic actors out there are improvers, right? Are you know have started with improv and you know and gone on to Saturday Night Live or whatever, but stand up to me has been observing the world, you know, finding like funny in everyday slice of life situations. But from a writing perspective, I tend to write how I speak. So often mm-hmm. I will start writing something. Me like, too. I do that as well. But yeah, way. yeah. Well, so I'll write something that I think is humorous, <clears throat> and then and then I think about doing it. You know, on stage, and I realized that this is too long. This is more because mm-hmm. you could read faster than you could speak. So this is better for a blog post, there you you go. Know, a humorous essay, or that kind of format. You know, fortunately now there's a lot of of forums online for blogs and such. Mm-hmm. But um, but I so I tend to write truly kind of how I speak. That sort of uh, that. you know stream of consciousness. And um, so I think that's one of the challenges I have. Even like writing an article on a you know on LinkedIn or something, I have to make my writing style a little bit more formal, you know, although I think in blogs, there's a, there's a bit more, uh, kind of flexibility mm-hmm. to, to how you want to present it. Do you write on medium or where do you I've write? been reading a ton on medium. I love okay. that site and I'm going to cool. start posting on medium nice. as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like do it you too. write on medium? I think it's a great site. I haven't yet, yeah. but I have, yeah, I have some fun little op-ed things that yeah. I've worked on that, but I haven't shared yet. But my writing style is definitely... Six. Uh, well, I I try to make it as succinct as I can make it. You know, it starts off. That makes a good stand-up comedian as well. Yeah, sure. very lengthy. And you know, with with working on a stand-up bit, you start mm-hmm. off with a, you know, a minute and a half. That's and then right. You cut it down, cut it down, cut it down. Yeah. Bare, bare minimum words. And, and start building you know. back up again, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, what's the first joke that you remember writing that worked? Maybe it's not in your set anymore, but it was the first one you said, "Oh yeah, I can write a joke." I when I was living in the city, I was in my twenties, and I was just writing about stupid stuff like going to bars with my friends, and um, you know, it was observational comics. So it would be like you know, 
the the shishi bars in New York all had one word, one syllable <laughs> names like sway or black or torch, you know. Whereas the or light, but whereas the 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 you know the casual bars like Irish pub was McSwiggins. But I would joke about how like multiple. <laughs> Although one word really, yeah, one word, right, one word. No, but I know what you're saying. But I would joke about how at the time I was hanging out with this group of a kind of a diverse group of people, some international people, and including people with very lengthy names. So, but they always the the international people wanted to go to these shishi bars. So it's a one word bar like light. But I would go there with my 12-syllable friends, you know, yes. Hussein Garagelli loved going to light to drink, <laughs> whereas Joe Mack wanted to go to McSwiggins. <laughs> I wrote stuff, you know, stupid stuff, waiting on That's line. That's a smart joke. That's a yeah, smart it was, joke. you know, I was always, like, kind of cerebral. I think that's when I, I struggled a little bit when I first started doing stand-up is my bits were... And that lends itself to storytelling more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were probably it. a little bit too long. Some people would sort of listen and, and really laugh, but... The drunk guy in the front row that just wanted, you know, fart jokes was like, right. <laughs> get to the punchline. But um, I wrote about, you know, like the, the bouncer would never let me in. He would only let women in or groups of girls in or a guy and a girl in, but would never let groups of guys get in the bar. Right. And I'm like, well, I can't get in the bar. I'm not with a girl. Let me in the bar. Maybe I can get a girl. Mm-hmm. And then I can come back and stand in line. <laughs> and then I can walk out. Right. And then I can That's walk right. back in. Right. Hey. Chicken and egg. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was just silly stuff like that. You know, I love that. Slice of life. And then I tried – as I evolved, I tried to make it a lot more personal. I wrote mm-hmm. a lot more stories about my family and my personal life and um, and then – you know, That's where the money is. Yeah. That's, that's how you stand goal. out. Yeah. And you know, I, I once auditioned at a comedy club and she's like, I really liked your set. It was funny. But anyone could have done that set. Any, yeah. Anyone that looks like you could have done that set. I need you to do a set that's going to be specific to you and your personality yeah. that not anyone can do. And and go. it was good advice. I mean, not, not that I ever passed that club, but but I still it helped yeah. me to like you know work on material that was a lot more specific. How me. do you deal with writing material that, um, in order to be honest, you have to make fun of other people in your life who might be aware that you're doing that? How have you handled that? Yeah, have you? you can always change their names or change their. You know. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, and I certainly do a lot of de- self-deprecating humor, but um, like right now, I've written a lot of stuff about my family, and my parents, who are hysterical, you know. But the things that I think are hysterical, I don't know that they have self-awareness that that are yeah. that is funny, or would w- would they find it offensive? They spend a lot of time in Florida now. And oh, you know, perfect. It's um, just a comedy down there. <laughs> you know, you, it's like Seinfeld. The roads are. Yeah, it is. I like literally was thinking that. Yeah, the, the roads are really wide, so the oh, old people can Vista. swerve back and forth, and perfect. you risk your life every time you walk through a supermarket parking lot. Oh my gosh! Up. But my parents <laughs> going to dinner with my parents is truly a comedy, and I've written so many things about that, and if I ever am in a situation where I perform it in front of them, I don't know if they would. They might just be like, he must be talking about some other old people. <laughs> yeah, they might us. not know. Did you have you seen the um, uh, was it the marvelous Miss Maisel? Oh or yeah, whatever? that's great. Um, you've, seen, you've seen that where, the, where she performs in front of her parents. Oh yeah, she dies. Oh She's my god, that's a, a that's a that is yeah. such a great um, truth truth. No, no <laughs> and, but in the corporate world, you know, like I've done all this comedy and I've got to keep it clean and and corporate friendly. You know, I, I think as I did it over the years, I got a little bit edgier, so to speak. 
But um, a lot of times I'd be performing at these meetings. I'd be making fun of people who were in the room, yeah. you know, and I would just do it in a playful way. You know, I would. I don't think I ever offended anyone. Would you ever be like, like this guy, he's always by the coffee machine? Or would you just be like, you know, like the guy by the coffee machine? Like, would yeah. you talk in generalities? I think I would call people out specifically. Okay, but fine. in a way that, you. that, you know, unless they were super sensitive, they'd be able to laugh at themselves. Yeah. And realize that, you know, I'm just making fun of the ridiculousness. And hey, I don't know. I always feel like the people who get made fun of are the usually like the most beloved. Mm -hmm. Like when you know, if you can take it and dish it out, like good for you. Yeah. No. Exactly. You got to be able to have humility. Yeah. Mm. I like. I mean, I feel like I'm very picked on in my friend group. But I feel very <laughs> honored. All of my friends listening right yeah. now. Thanks. So appreciative. Thanks for picking on me. Thanks for everything. Mark doesn't know what that's like. He never picks on me. It's their own insecurity that's leading them. <laughs> Literally no, no, every no, episode I pick on you. But I also <laughs> think it's it's a compliment, you know, because yeah. they're like, oh, like Danielle is pickable. Like she's fun. <laughs> she's fun, you know. Well, should they think right. you're strong and you'll survive it. Amen. Right? That's right. <laughs> and they know I'll dish it. So, Steve, what do you have coming up in the near future that you're kind of looking ahead at that that can be uh, can lead to a next chapter? Sure, I'd say that the two. So, I'm doing this consulting work for a couple of companies right now. That's 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 great people, great companies, and that's you know my source of income. And I'm going to continue doing that. But as far as comedy goes, I'd say there's there's two things. Number one is like I said, I'm I'm really trying to formalize the corporate presentation mm. on how corporations. Yeah. Can can use comedy actively in their environments, um, whether it's full out performances or improv training or just a a mode of thinking from a culture perspective as to how you know a lot of companies are spending a lot of money on wellness right now. It doesn't have to be yes. free food and massage. There's other ways that you could bring forms of wellness into your culture and your environment. So I'm working on a class that I would love to speak to a bunch of companies about um, that I think is a really beneficial class and it's funny. Mm -hmm. And then. Secondly, I'm doing a lot of writing on the side, and like I said, I you know I, I enjoy doing stand up, and I'll continue to do that as as a hobby. But I'm writing, um, you know, a lot of comedy on different topics, and I'm going to be starting my blog uh, or launching my blog soon. And my goal is just to continue posting actively in the blog. You know, I know there's a lot of blogs out there, but I'm hoping that my blog, which is sort of a, you know, like I said, comedy to solve for pain in your life with yeah. a lot of funny posts, will pick up. I'll be sure to send you guys a link when it's Please. ready. Do you have a name for it yet? Um, I, so it's funny. I want to call it Avocomedy. Oh, that's I great. love guacamole and avocados. I, I truly do. So I wanted to call it Avocomedy, and I can't get the the bastard who owns Avocomedy oh. to sell it. So oh, wow. well, I've got an alternate one for you. AVO Comedy. Just in case you can't get it. What? De-straussing. Ooh, that's good. De-straussing. Just a thought. Yeah. Yeah, or straussed Ooh. out. Yeah. Um, or so may the Strauss be with you. Out. you know? Yeah, may the Strauss be Yeah, I like that. in there. That's the... Because Strauss really Strauss good. is a good... I'm going to check to see if that URL is <laughs> available. Yeah, you know, you got to choose a name that has some kind of meaning. Yeah. So, uh, so as soon as it's ready, I'll let you guys know. Please. I would love to see. Um, until then... Yeah, how can people connect with you and the things that you're doing, whether it's directly through social, what have you? LinkedIn. Sure, sure. I'd say they could either connect with me on LinkedIn, Great. which is Stephen Strauss, S T E P H E N, S T R A U S S, uh, or I can give my email is 
It's totally it's, up to you. Yeah, sure. My email is comicsteve, C-O-M-I-C-S-T-E-V-E, comicsteve at gmail. Oh, you got a good Tomorrow, email. Yeah. 50,000 new emails, I guarantee you. Gmail. Yeah, it's, you know, I love talking to people about comedy. I mean, when I post these things on LinkedIn, I, I right. hope people leave comments and reach out because I want to chat with them about their perspective. If by it. some crazy chance you are listening to this right now, <laughs> I'm asking you for a personal favor. Just please, just send even the shortest email. To Steve, <laughs> just say anything. Funny people talking in the ta- in, in the subject line. Who are you talking to right Just now? let him know. Anyone who's listening, listen- you. Oh, oh, I thought you it was listener, Tina Fey. Right here. Tina Fey, please email Steve Strauss. <laughs> <laughs> no, but please, if you're listening, I'm asking Stop you a favor. It just We just Do gave it. you Come over on, an hour. Me. We know you're home. Yes. Everyone's home. What's the email address again, Steve? ComicSteve at gmail.com. That's so easy. Please do it. Steve, I'm hoping that if you get any emails from this, you'll let us know just because, you awesome. know. Yeah. But please, you're, you know, seriously. I know one don't. person you're going to get an email from. He's, he's a comic. I know. I know. Oh, I, know. Did you, I was going to did you just good. email me or no? No, oh. but I have That's a feeling. Awesome. Should I say his name? No, don't. Because, because I don't want to. I have a feeling. Don't okay. tip the hand. Okay. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to hear if my experiment works okay. out. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Thank and congratulations on everything so you've fun. done. I'm you so happy really you've nice been people. here. All right. It's not over yet, though, because it's time for End of Show Food in just a moment. Oh, yeah. We'll be right this after back. Connect with the show at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. And please, for the love of all that is holy, subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you. All right, everybody, it is the end of the show. That means, well, almost the end of the show. That means it's time for... End of show food. That's right. End of show food. And uh, that means, by the way, Steve, that our incredible producer... Excuse me. Our incredible producer... (laughs) That was the last end of show food. She is incredible, and he can barely get it out of her. Our incredible producer, Elsie. She scours the countryside. She looks online. She goes to stores. You never know. She she gets things from other countries. You never know. She will find some interesting food for us to taste, and then we once we... Taste it, we can rate it. And we rate it on a scale of chickens. You can decide how big your scale of chickens is. So maybe you decide it's 481 out of 620 chickens. It's oh, up to you, okay? Yeah. And then that's our rating system. That's a great the, system. Thank you. The key is you can't eat anything until she says go. Yes. And uh, there's no rule that says you have to enjoy it. It's totally up to you. Um, and here we go. So, Wait, do I Elsie, eat the whole thing? You can eat whatever. Just taste it. Yeah, it's just a nibble. It. Just taste yeah. it if you can. So, Elsie, what you got? This is not some turnip stew. All right. That's a callback, everybody. What I have for you is Winnie the Pooh's friend. Oh, I forgot about the clue. That's Kangaroo Jackie. Oh, no. We're going to eat kangaroo. Did you know that kangaroo is like, is basically like the venison of the. Of, of Australia. I'm working on it. That's amazing. I, I want to say guinea pig in Peru. That's probably the most exotic thing. But kangaroo? Oh, my God. I don't know if I'm ready so for this. It's Ma- Mariani game jerky kangaroo. This is, this is from, from Australia. It's, it's from Sydney. It's even got a stamp. 
Wow. Stampy, 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 stampy. Can't believe we're going to do this. Are you up for it? Are you up for trying it, Steve? Yeah, yeah. So so that's like um, you got that shipped to you from Australia or you found it locally in New York? No, a member of our team, team. I think, was in, in Sydney, so oh, Australia. So um, this is uh, authentic. This is legitimately Do they commonly back. eat kangaroo? Yes, it's on the menu in restaurants. Oh. So I'm opening it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to... I'm I'm scared. You can't get coronavirus from eating kangaroo, oh, can you? <laughs> Oh, uh, no, 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 no. We're fine. <laughs> you know Seems like, like that's it. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. Oh, God, I'm scared. It's got a distinct smell. It does. Okay, it that's smells good. like kangaroo. Thank you. How did you know I only wanted one? <laughs> it's Whoa. got kind of a, um, it's sort of a cherry sort of yeah. barbecue yeah, smell to it. what's the flavor? It's kangaroo flavored. <laughs> okay. I already said that joke. No, I'm not joking. It doesn't say it flavor. I'm sad. But is it like kangaroo flavored gum or is it just like... It no, just it's, jerky. It's, it's jerky. Me, it's jerky. It's jerky. It's jerky. It's meat jerky. It. Yeah. All right. Let me, I'll, I'll read the ingredient. Okay. Hang on. All right. Uh, so kangaroo meat. Do we do this at the same time? Soy yes. sauce, powder, spices, vegetable oil, sugar salt. Here's your chance to say, oh, I'm allergic to soy. Oh, oh darn it. All right. Ready? <laughs> One, two, three, go. Mm. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh, that's something. That is your mind saying you don't like it because it's kangaroo. I don't like it though. That's I gotta true. be honest with you. If you didn't know it was kangaroo, it's way too spongy and bouncy. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird substance. You so know, it's what? the texture, not the flavor. This is a texture sitch. Do you not like jerky in general? I love jerky. I love biltong. I have friends that do have a biltong company called Brooklyn Biltong, but they live in Florida. What is that? I don't know what that is. I think it's bison. Oh. It's not bad. I don't like it. I don't want it again, but I'm telling you. you have a whole bag. I don't want it anymore. Yeah. Um, One and done for the kangaroo, I'd say. Yeah. All right. So what do we got? Oh, you know Biltong is South African. There's no um, Ziploc. So good. So So you have to eat it. Have to eat it. Yeah. Oh, we have to eat the whole thing. Does it need to be refrigerated? Or, or, or have no. your dog nearby. Yeah. It's jerky, so it doesn't need to be. I think a dog would no. love that. Um, all right, so let's go with a rating here. Um, Elsie, what do you rate it? 55 out of 72. 55. And the reason mm-hmm. is because mm-hmm. the flavor was fine. I had no problem with the texture. But there's an aftertaste I don't like. <laughs> it's the aftertaste. I'm like, nah. So would that make me keep eating it? Because sometimes this happens to me, I swear to God. I'll keep eating something because I like the flavor initially, but I don't like the aftertaste. So I'll just keep mm-hmm. going so I don't have to get to the aftertaste part. All right. But I wouldn't That's buy perfect. it again. Danielle, zero out of uh, yeah, a million? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go like five out of 29. <laughs> five out of 29. It was so bad. She, her rating system wouldn't even go all the I way love to the 30. Odd numbers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go odd five out of 29. Yeah, I didn't like that. I just, the texture was weird with a jerky. I just love how. Oh, I just other brands and other types of game and meat. Yeah. I like better. Mm. This game was too game. It was off your game. Now, interestingly, I like to give my rating now just because it's in, in response to Danielle. I'm sorry. Did I talk over you, Elsie? No. Oh. Everything so, should be in response that's right. to me. That's right. So in response to you, yes. um, I'm, I'm going to give it a um, 127 out of 175. 
Okay. And the reason I didn't give it less. What is that percentage? That's a pretty high percentage. What is that? About a 65%? Even higher. But I, 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 is, is I expected it to be worse. (laughs) And I tolerated it better than I thought I did. I ate all the pieces that were in my hand. Okay. Because when Elsie poured them in my hand, I was like, I ain't eating all these pieces. No, no. But I did. So that's good. I have to say I didn't love the flavor myself, but not because of the meat. I think it was just the type of jerky. It just didn't work for me. Um, I don't want it again. But You're just not craving that but, kangaroo. And it doesn't make me want a kangaroo steak. What I can say, though, is that I didn't hate it. Hmm. I just okay. didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Steve, that's my thing. Boy, you, did you, you hate didn't... it or like it or oh. not? So, I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. Right. But 127 out of 155 or something like that would indicate 175. No, the point I gave it extra points because I had expected to yes, hate it, and so so I had uh, celebration points. Got it. Awesome. <laughs> um, I've been thinking a lot about Elsie's comment on the aftertaste, and uh, since that was like a couple minutes ago, and that aftertaste yeah. is building up. In my it is. Mouth it's now. like it's, I licked the side of a piece of furniture. Right. It really. It's like I need a breath mint or something. Yeah. Anyways, I'd say I give it like um, maybe a hundred and two chickens out of nine hundred and four. Oh, oh, oh! Not a high rating at all. Yeah, I'd say because um, I mean I'm glad I taste. I like to try now new you foods. Can say and, you did. Yeah, I'm glad I ate some kangaroo. But yeah, just cool. like you, I don't think I would. You go totally back for didn't seconds. know that was coming tonight. Yeah, no, that's um, it was unexpected. But so uh, when you go home and yeah. you say, "So how was it? Ate some kangaroo." Oh, people will be able to tell. They'll smell it on my breath. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, he's got the wrong. We just ate a kangaroo. That's hilarious. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I will say, Elsie, uh, thanks for uh, pulling out the kangaroo that was uh, that was uh, um, out of the pouch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, uh, oh, we should be doing everything we can to save the kangaroo. I know. Um I don't think so. I think there's plenty of kangaroos. They don't need to be saved. No, the fires. Oh, true. I think it's. I don't know if the kangaroos are as endangered. They didn't get to hop away. Oh, I think the koalas were a lot more. Everyone's like, okay, then, yeah. Anyway, kangaroos. If you get close to kangaroos, they like. There's kangaroo deaths each year. Yeah, Yeah. I've pet a kangaroo. I uh, when I was I pet a kangaroo. Like I don't mean like like or it was like in you know yeah in a cage or something mm-hmm. it, it was at a zoo it was at a like at a you know but it was out in the open wow. just came up to it and just like and it really just felt like a short-haired dog <laughs> the kangaroo responded that could kill to me you. at any moment yeah it could it could probably sit on you and you'd be dead it was amazing it was just children around it their parents were just like oh look timmy's petting a kangaroo and i'm like yeah timmy's gonna be dead in about five seconds <laughs> no really i know so, my future yeah. niece Hugged one real hard, really? and they were oh, all scared. Yeah, life. yeah. Even dogs don't like that. All right. Well, uh, yeah, like interesting that. note to and uh, thank you very much, Elsie. Really appreciate it. Um, Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate all your time. And uh, Steve kind of jumped on this one uh, at the last second. Yeah, just, uh, I just for asked me. him. I think yesterday. So yeah, because I, uh, I just how many emails I just learned. Have. I just learned about Steve yesterday. So I was like, hey, we happen to have a, a little time yes. and. I thought maybe we could ask you to come in. So thank you. Well, hopefully we'll be friends for tomorrow at least. And then maybe tomorrow. the next day. And then we'll see what Until that kangaroo really kicks in. Then yeah. like, 
<laughs> yeah, I hope so too. No, it was great being here. You guys were really, really fun. So awesome. I had a lot great. of fun. Thank Yay. you. Thanks. That's it for this episode, everybody. We sure do appreciate you listening in. And seriously, if you're still listening, please email Steve. Email me. Call I really Steve mean it. So um, for Daniel Beckman. Ta-ta. And Elsie the producer. Thanks. Uh, I'm Mark Rako. Until next time, please be well, be safe, take care of yourself with everything that's going on out there. Stop licking the subway poles. Really, stop <laughs> licking it. Stop licking it, Dave. I'm talking to you. Okay. Uh, have a great day, everybody, and stay fun. That's it? That's the end of the show? Boy, oh boy, what a crock. This was Funny People Talking. No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at, at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect.